This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOFD, you'll be all set when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOFD. Make every moment more with FanDuel official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 or older and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio. one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Introducing Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer. Blending the smooth, creamy nitro taste of Guinness with hints of coffee, chocolate, and caramel. Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer, your new favorite part of the day. Look for it where Guinness is sold. Must be 21 and over to purchase. Please enjoy responsibly. Diageo Beer Company, New York, New York. At Lowe's, we're your go-to for great gardening values every day. That's why we've lowered our price on select bagged mulch. Now starting at just $2.88 a bag. Mulch helps prevent weeds and retains moisture. And when you put it down around trees, shrubs, and flower beds, you'll see how beautiful it makes your outdoor space. Just in time to welcome back family and friends. Shop online and pick up in-store. Lowe's, home to the best part of summer. Selection and product availability vary by location. While supplies last, U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. another episode of film study this is ken mccusick talking about a timely topic today which uh, reportedly yesterday the jaguars are looking at unload yannick and and i think the price has been dropping pretty rapidly but i wanted to get one of our uh favorite experts on the line a, a veteran message board poster will brown uh to talk to us talk with us a little bit about this topic today how you doing, yeah, Will? I think, I think expert is uh, is overselling it a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I'm interested, just like anybody else, in the premier pass rusher being possibly available. But I think the, the price might be a little steep as far as the contract necessity goes. All right, let's set this up a little bit, and, and then and then I, I think we all have we both have reservations about this, so we're probably going to get to that point. But we'll talk through some of the issues here. So Yannick Ngakwe has made it made made it very clear that he does not want to play for the Jacksonville Jaguars this year. He said so multiple times. He said trade me. He's appealed to other teams to be traded to the point where he's probably tampering. I I, I don't know what the definition of it is for the NFL, but I'll say this: he's definitely reduced his own value by his actions. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the based on the fact that he has not signed his franchise tender yet, he has some control over where he gets to go. I mean, nobody 
uh, very few people want to be traded to a team that has almost no chance of competing. So, you know, if I, I can't, I can't fault the guy for looking at the field and being like, mm, uh, you know, uh, there's a, a limited number of teams I'm going to be willing to go to. I definitely don't want to play for Jacksonville. So, you know, he, you have to use the leverage you've got. In the, you know, the league has so much more leverage. The owners and the front offices have so much more leverage in the day-to-day operations than the players do. When you have gotten to the point where you're one of the superstars as far as the pass rushers go, you know, you, if, you, if you're able to determine where you go next, why wouldn't you? You know, it's, a, it's an interesting point because the leverage you can only use so far before that you know, rubber band breaks or whatever you want to call it, the, the, the lever breaks, I suppose, would be the more apt um, uh, in description. W- what he's done is, by not signing this, is a very dangerous game. The Jaguars, since he's not signed, still have the right to rescind his franchise tag, not pay him $17.8 million and let him walk now. Now, in a sense, he's gambling they won't do that because he has some viability with a compensatory pick next year. But that's a dangerous game, and, and we'll get into some of the other reasons. Uh, I think, you know, based upon if, if they were to do that, if they were to rescind it, I think that there would be a significant number of teams that would be interested in trying to get him to sign long-term. You know, I I don't know that he would necessarily get $18 million. Uh, Maybe he would, but, but, uh, but I don't think it hurts his position financially any more than what he is already in. He obviously doesn't want to be with the, with the Jacksonville Jaguars and they are currently on the hook for almost 18 million. And if they were to cut him loose where anybody could sign him, I'd, I don't think he would have a lack of suitors. I, I would agree, but I've seen what's happened to uh, Jadavian Clowney, and you can make the argument that Ngakwe is a better or worse pass rusher than Clowney. A lot of people would say better. He's younger. He's 25. So, you know, there's, there's lots of reasons to believe he's the he might be the better choice. But uh, it's, a, it's a dangerous game nonetheless, and the reason is that with a COVID environment, we're going to see a cap reduction. Already, the Jacksonville has the option to push those cap dollars forward if they don't spend them. They wouldn't have Ngakwe, but they'd have $17.8 million next year to spend that would be more valuable next year than it is this year. And believe me, all NFL players are going to have to adapt to the new reality of what their services are going to be worth. And I think not only that, there's going to be less teams willing to enter a long-term arrangement. And that certainly includes right now in the case of Ngakwe. A lot of teams, that's the only way they can afford him, though, is to sign him long-term right now, get that cap hit as low as possible with some guaranteed money. Those teams, if they do that, good luck to them. Because if there's a multi-year hit to cope because of COVID, they could really be in a painful situation. Yeah, and I think it's going to be largely determined by what the ownership and the NFLPA eventually decides how far to spread that hit over. You know, the owners want to take it all at once or within a couple of years, and the NFLPA wants to spread it out over 10. It's going to depend on where they land on that. It, you know, obviously, with no fans and no, like the revenue stream going in the toilet because of COVID, it's going to impact the cap in a negative way no matter what, but it's just how, how badly is it going to affect it? And, you know, how much less money are teams going to have going into next year than they thought they would at the beginning of the offseason? Yeah, well, the NFL uh, PA and the owners have agreed that the cap won't drop below $175 million. So they came to that agreement recently in, in getting the last elements of the CBA wrapped up. 
and uh, or I guess it was actually in getting the last elements of how the season would be played wrapped up. Uh, so that agreement alone is a good one for the players, certainly in terms of the current players not paying all of the freight for this for this problem. They're going to borrow from the future to some degree, and 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 they'll they'll be able to charge some of that the current veterans to future players and not take it all themselves. Now, obviously, they would prefer that, but uh, and and make the next generation pay for it like America has been this <laughs> last few years and building up a, a national debt. But uh, but anyway, the the, uh, uh, the the players obviously want that to be reduced. But there's also the ownership group is very fractionated on this because uh, they don't all agree that the cap should be lowered. You know, a lot of the teams would be in trouble, like the Pittsburgh Steelers, for example, uh, would be an enormous cap hell if there's not a significant um, a, adjustment or allowance for teams to borrow from their own future cap. So they're a team that that certainly doesn't want to be hard capped at 175 million, coming off a 200 million cap year. The Philadelphia Eagles for 2021, I believe, are already something like 50 million over cap. So if you know, I don't even know how they rebuild their roster. Yeah, I mean the pain is going to go all the way around. I mean it's not, I mean, you know, going into this off season. I was very enthusiastic about the way that the Ravens had set themselves up with, you know, we've got so many young guys that are going to be in line for a contract over the next couple of years. And I, I really thought that the way that we had managed the cap going into this with some of the shorter term contracts that we'd given out yeah. and sort of the all cash, no fluff contracts that we have, uh, you know, I really thought we had set ourselves up well to weather and, and, and retain the, the at least the vast majority of those players, you know, Humphrey and Stanley and obviously Lamar is in line, and, you know, uh, but, you know, with with the cap being what it is and with it going to be coming down, it makes me more nervous about Andrews and it makes me more nervous about, you know, some of the guys who are in line who aren't necessarily like the marquee. We will right. pay this person, you know. Yeah, so Orlando Brown, Andrews are obviously players on the margin affected by this. Certainly a possibility. Hollywood, maybe after that, I think it's going to be tough to to get him kept. I think it's very important to Lamar that he stays. But if you look at uh, generally the Ravens' position, they've done an excellent job, as you mentioned, with shorter-term contracts, not a lot of guaranteed money. Even the Peters contract does not have a lot of guaranteed money. The the Campbell contract could be it's either a two-year, twenty-seven million dollar deal, or it's a one-year, twenty-two million dollar deal which neither is really outrageous. If it was a big drop-off in Campbell, it's going to be worth cutting him. Yeah. Thomas has $6 million in savings next year if they cut him. So they, they have a lot of options, and frankly, they have a lot of need to move money from defense to offense, where most of the big contracts are. Humphrey is the exception, but obviously Lamar, Stanley, Hollywood, Andrews, Orlando Brown are all on the offensive side, and they're going to have to probably uh, cut bait on the last year of Brandon Williams' deal. Uh, and and you know do the uh, some of the other tough cuts they have to make uh, next year on the defense to, to find that money. Yeah, and I think we've already seen them starting to plan for that eventuality. I mean, we took Matabike and we took Washington, uh, you know, a little bit later, and neither of those guys are a one-to-one replacement as far as the nose tackle capabilities, but both of them offer something, uh, you know, as far as the D tackle roles go. And, you know, depending on, you know, how it shakes out with Calais Campbell and Derek Wolf and those guys and anybody that we might take, you know, going forward, um, you know, I, I've liked what I've seen from Matabike already. I, I liked, you know, the clips of, uh, of Calais Campbell talking about, you know, yes. playing violently with his hands and, and, you know, no, show me, show me how you chop my arm. I want to see it. And, you know, really stressing the importance of that 
you know, it's just so, so valuable. And, and we, we saw the same thing and I was enthusiastic about the same thing. Uh, when Jalen Ferguson first came in, I felt like Pernell McPhee really took him under his wing and was really trying to emphasize, you know, like this is how the professionals have to do it or you're not going to win. Yeah, they're not in the same room, but but there's definitely a lot that Ferguson can learn from Campbell. They, they've you know similar length. Campbell can, of course, play on the outside and play end and, and lines up all over the defensive line or did for Jacksonville. So there's a lot of things there. But I, I've. I have thought he needed leadership in so many ways because his hands are not particularly violent. He's relied on that bull rush so much. Uh, but but Campbell is a great player. Boy, watching him. You know, there's two players we've seen the last two years like that. Mark Ingram on the offense, very vocal guy. He's more of a keep everybody loose guy than he is a technique guy because as a running back, he's not going to tell an offensive lineman how to do something or whatnot. But, you know, he keeps everybody loose. He keeps the team, you know, comfortable with each other and whatnot. There's value in that. That's something Suggs was extremely good at. On the other side, uh, Campbell seems to be all about saying, hey, look, try and take advantage of this. Hey, you know, let me see your hands. Uh, I've been absolutely loving those videos. Just like And you, also Kevin. just a, a real lead by example type guy. I mean, mm-hmm. such a phenomenal player over the course of his career and does all of the little things after practices and all the running that you need to do to keep yourself in top shape as you get older, you know, in the league. Like just just such a good pickup. I cannot remember the Ravens being so, as individuals, self-motivated on this team. We've seen, you know, the the, the stuff about what Fluker did to himself this offseason. I mean, just amazing. Yeah. Obviously, we saw Hollywood's transformation earlier this offseason. Lamar is still working very hard, apparently. Lada really loves the game, just wants to work with other receivers in the offseason. Boykin buying the jugs gun, and, and he says he did 500 balls a day. Probably an exaggeration, but whatever. Uh, it's it's still it's still very impressive, and it's exactly the kind of thing he needed to do. Uh, it, it, I, I'm I'm absolutely loving it. Young players investing in themselves uh, to get better is a huge deal, and none of those guys are over 29. Even Fluker is only 29, although it seems like he's been in the league for longer. Uh, very impressive group. Yeah, I mean, I, I if if we end up hitting on both Hollywood and Boykin, our offense is going to be devastating, you know, because Boykin is out of the box is such a terrific blocking wide receiver. Mm -hmm. If he adds to being able to be extremely physical over the middle and make those really tough catches where, you know, you're going to get decked and you just catch the ball and hang on anyway. If, if that element of our offense takes a next level up where all of a sudden maybe you know he's taking those those balls over the middle and and streaking down the seam and and you know putting 50 yards on the board or or points it it takes our offense to an entirely new level because you can't play coverage against our team or we will destroy you with our running backs i mean we're we're four deep plus lamar we're we're going to be difficult to stop it's obviously a a very great blocking scheme there but you know what's a lot of people will focus on route running for Boykin. To me, it's almost like deceleration would be something that would do him the most good. If he could decelerate and sit in the chair a little better so that he could come back for that hitch route and and be that open target and just a you know devastating the corner, has to respect his speed so much that he can't really cover the hitch. Derek Mason had some of that. Uh, great connection with Joe Flacco in his rookie year was a real safe spot. And if Lamar's going to start to learn to be or be, get comfortable Throwing to the outside, let's say he has to have a receiver like that that he has the trust in to do that. I think Hollywood can give that to him on the other side, but if Boykin could do it, he could be a legitimate 
um, you know, deep, deep or hitch threat where that he doesn't have to run a huge number of other routes. I'd like to see it, but he doesn't have to run a huge number of other routes to be a very effective weapon for the Ravens. Yeah, and I think going one step further, if Lamar can just get to the point where he trusts that that Boykin is going to make the catch, much like Flacco did with Anquan Bolden or Mason, really, like Mason was what much more open, quote unquote, than mm-hmm. than Bolden was. But he trusted both of them to get the ball, regardless of whether they was somebody in their hip pocket or not. And if Lamar can get to Boykin, can get to that spot, that same place with Boykin, where like, yeah, maybe Boykin's not 100% open, but he's trusts him to go up and get it or outmuscle the the DB that's on him. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough to stop. So great again. We start talking about Yannick Ngakwe and whether the Ravens should sign him, and we end up talking about Miles Boykin. I love these kind of conversations. Uh, and Ngakwe, let's get back to him for just a second. I think there are there are enough reasons that it doesn't make sense, obviously, for the Ravens. But there's other reasons in terms of constraints that they just can't afford him in terms of the franchise tag this year, uh, unless he were to be released. And even if he were to be released, I don't see a reason why the Ravens would go after him. And I, I don't think it's prudent for the Ravens to enter a long-term defensive contract at this point. If it were really prudent, I think they've already investigated it and probably made it made it happen with Judon. Yeah, and I think that if even if the Jacksonville was to to release uh, you know Ngakwe from the franchise tag and he was to be on the market, it is a bad look for the front office to have have the franchise tag on Judon and well, we're not going to be able to give you a contract yet. And we haven't gotten Marlon Humphrey's contract done yet. And all of a sudden they're going to give a guy from the outside, you know, uh, what is, you know, it's going to be a huge dollar deal, no matter what the uh, end of the end product of the yearly uh, rate is, it's going to be a huge contract. It's just a bad look. Bring somebody in from the outside when you've got a couple guys in line already on the defense waiting to get paid to bring somebody in and give them a big contract. I agree completely. That's a great point, too. It's it's the kind of thing where, um, you know, you, you already are so advantaged by the drafting you've done in terms of selecting who your cornerstone players are going to be. And the, the players, to a degree, understand they can't pay everyone. For Judon, his comments seem to be very measured about that exact thing. He's not pissed off. He's not certainly not acting like Yannick Ngakwe about, you know, wanting to play for somebody else, wanting to get his contract now or Adams or any of the other players we've seen act, you know, not what I would want out of my players in terms of getting their money right on time. Ronnie Stanley's been the same way. You know, that's exactly what would break that up is them making a deal like this on the outside. It's a great point. It's also, it's not the Ravens thing. They scheme for pressure. They're very effective at it. If they want to lean on the secondary for pressure, the best way to do is continue a scheme, playing two Sam linebackers instead of a rush and a Sam, which they would have if they got Ngakwe. Yeah, and 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 even with everything that we've said, and we're both sort of on the same page with, you know, we probably it's not a great idea and it's too expensive and all that stuff. I mean, Ngakwe is a great player. Mm-hmm. All things being equal, if we were back in the '70s when there was no cap and we could just take whoever we wanted to, yeah, of course I'd take Yannick Ngakwe. But there's all these other considerations that outweigh the talent of the player himself, the things that make it either very, very unlikely or just outright impossible for us to fit it in. Right. This is an interesting test for the people who treat draft picks as party favors. They're on Twitter a lot and they'll trade, oh, I trade a three and a five or a two and a four and I give this this and that. I mean, 
have, do you have any idea the re- a relative value of draft picks to your organization? You had four years from that new player you draft to figure out what you have, uh, you know, and then you have all the frictions that come at the end of that. They're like they're exercising, frankly, with Judon and Stanley in the terms of the fifth year option or the franchise tag to try and see if you can keep that player long term as a cornerstone. And you really want to trade for the right to pay a player a lot of money like you know, the Ramsey trade or the Adams trade or the or the Tunsil trade. I mean, I just see stupidity around the league. In yeah, terms particularly of- so when you have no friction with the contract left, like there's nothing there's nothing to offset. You know, you, if you traded for Ngakwe right now, you've got no there's nothing. You have no hold over him. That's you've right. got one year. You're you're incapable of signing him to a long term deal, even if you were inclined to. And you're what are you going to trade a second round pick to pay a guy 18 million for one year and then he's going to go somewhere else? Like well, that's it's, such a bad idea. Well, the, the funny thing is the the price might have been a first for Ngakwe or even more at one point, but but as soon as everybody realized what the situation was with COVID, it dropped precipitously. Ngakwe further is acting like a fool all the time, and then he hasn't signed his tender, which we can call you know smart negotiation on his behalf, or or maybe. Uh, you know, just reducing his own value would be another way to say it. Just on the on the off chance he does not get his franchise t- tender signed, but in, in either case, he's reduced his value to the Jaguars. And the Jaguars, who might have been able to get a one for him at one point, no way in hell are they going to get a two for him now. I mean, the, the, no, the comments. Yeah, I mean, at, <laughs> yeah, I mean, at this point, with if they could have traded him before the franchise tag, you know, turned into a pumpkin. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, whoever traded for him was able to sign him long term. You might have been able to still squeeze value out of him. But at this point where it's a one year rental at best, especially if they end up trading him to a team that he's not crazy about going to, you know, if they if they if they traded him to, you know, whatever, a legitimate contender, whatever, Kansas City or something, obviously that makes his, you know, that makes his long term, you know, projection for that team. Maybe he, you know, is a little bit more apt to try to negotiate a, a you know a reasonable deal long term uh, but if you know if they trade him to somebody who doesn't have a chance to compete there's no way he's going to come back i mean he's, that's the situation he's in now why would he ever why would you think he's going to be any better of a citizen for a team that's not going to compete in a in a different city than he is right now in jacksonville right and again let's let's not lay this on ngakwe as he's a bad person i think what he's done has hurt the Jacksonville Jaguars though in terms of of you know hurt his own value and what they can get for him which is unfortunate for Jags fans uh, at the very least I would not want one of my players you know doing what he's done but it may be the right thing for Yannick Ngakwe that's yet to be seen well I think I think you know, for for both parties for Ngakwe and for the Jaguars I mean they saw what happened with Ramsey I mean Ramsey was a pain in the ass for however long it was and and he forced his way out and the, the Jaguars were still able to get a King's ransom for him, you know, even after all that. And probably there's some part of the Jacksonville Jaguars front office that thinks, uh, even even if, well, you know, oh, COVID and it's down, it's down to one year and all the, the huge number for the franchise, all those things. I, I imagine they still believe on some level that they're going to be able to recoup that value at some point. Somebody's going to want him so bad or have an injury or whatever the situation is where, you know, somebody will come around eventually and we'll get something for him. Yeah, that's an interesting possibility because they can always pick up part of the salary. So it may be a possibility that they could trade him midseason or before the deadline. So uh, so that's uh, 
that's a good one. We'll appreciate having you on again. Great topic. Fantastic conversation. I mean, just uh, the more we meander, the more you know I'm really enjoying the conversation. I can just tell you that about myself. Appreciate you coming on again. Tell people where they can find your uh, writing normally or where they can uh, connect with you online. Uh, well, I'm on Twitter and Instagram, but I don't really, uh, really post too often on either one. Uh, I, I talk football on the on the Russell Street boards and a couple other places uh, around. I, I, I'm I'm an active member of one of the Steelers boards just because I like to get the opposing opinions sometimes. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm just out there. I'm just a guy. What's your, what's your, your handle is Doctor? I know in the RSR boards. What's your handle on the Steelers boards? Uh, I'm on the the old Heinz uh, Field. Exactly right. Yeah, I'm I'm Naka seventy two on on, uh, yeah, on the you're Naka seventy two. Okay, that's great. Yeah, I've seen your posts. Yeah, that's terrific. Well, Will, thanks for coming on again. Uh, other folks out there, if you like to be on a film study short, we turn these around really quickly. In fact, the Yannick Ngakwe topic we just talked about at the beginning of this podcast, and we're already talking about it now. You can see Will's knowledge is at is at a impressive level to say the least. Uh, if you'd like to be on and you have a topic, the more timely, the more focused, the better. Send me three bullet points. Uh, is generally what I ask for, uh, either by Twitter DM at Film Study Ravens or by email filmstudy21 at verizon.net. Turn this around very quickly, particularly with timely topics. Much appreciate you being on, Will. Thanks for joining us. All right. Thanks a lot, Ken. I'm sure I'll talk to you later on this evening. Take it easy. We'll talk to you next time on Film Study. Birdland Sports. For fans, by fans. Find more great shows like this at birdlandsports.com. Introducing the Lowe's List for Innovation. While our aisles are filled with innovative products, we've selected our favorites just for you. Like the exclusive Whirlpool washer with industry-first two-in-one removable agitator. We love this washer because you can customize any load. And with other smart features to streamline your laundry routine, this product is a must-have for families. Shop the full Lowe's list of top picks at Lowe's.com. Lowe's, home to any budget, home to any possibility. U.S. only. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.